0: All right, good morning.
1: All right, let's stand and uh, begin with our traditional opening. I know this is just like church. Stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. I'll make you stand up again. Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Amen. Have a seat. Let's talk about Christmas. Oh, wait a minute! Is it? It's September. It's not Christmas time yet. But tell me what you know about the birth story of Jesus. Just start yelling, yelling some stuff out.
0: Drummer boy plays best. Drummer boy. <laughs> Sheep in the field.
1: Sheep. What else? Where, where was it? Where, where was Jesus? What? A manger. A manger. A stable. A census.
0: What stands out to me is that God revealed. I'm presuming it was God revealed to people from the far east about the birth and gave enlightened them how to find.
1: All right, we'll call them the Magi because you know that's that's the official word. What Mary, uh, Joseph. Mary, Mary, Mary and jo- Joseph.
0: Were
1: Mary and Joseph were there. We're pretty sure Mary was there. We're, you know, we're, we're inferring Joseph was there. We'll call them M and J. Mary and Joseph. What? What else about it? Egypt. Flight to Egypt. The flight to Egypt.
0: <laughs> the gifts necessary. To for the trip. What? The gifts necessary. For
1: the, trip. the gifts show up. Gifts. The Magi gifts. What? The star of Bethlehem. Well, I'd like to point out though, that at no point does the Bible call it the star of Bethlehem. We'll talk about that. It calls it the star. Mm-hmm. The evil ruler. The evil ruler. Who was? Herod. 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 Which Herod? You, you got five to pick from. Well, we're about to talk about that. When was it? Zero. 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 Zero, B, C, A, D, B, C, E, if you want to be politically correct. Stands for before the common era. Because they can't say it's Jesus, so it's before the common era. Who's the common part of the common era? Jesus. But. All right. Uh, who was at the birth? Mary. 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 <laughs> Clair- clearly Mary was there. Jesus was there. <laughs> the shepherds. The shepherds. After? After. Well, shepherds after. She might have been by herself. We'll call the animals were there. Well, that's a question. Was Joseph there? I mean, we'll we'll talk about that. And, you know, because we also, you know, are uh, the angels. So that's angels, not angels. Uh, you know because all, all all of our uh, around Christmas time we all have the uh, the manger set up and they all have the sheep and the camels and horses and donkeys and everything else so let's talk we 'll talk about that all right so let's see let 's see what the Bible actually says so, there's a great book that we had when our kids were small uh, what was the name of it? Uh, Hey, you know hey, that's not what the Bible says. It's, it's a great story. of you know People would talk about things in the Bible, and then the, guy, the little boy would go, hey, that's not what the Bible says, and you'd go to the Bible and look at it. So that's a really good place to go when you're looking, talking about stories. All right. First of all, we're going to talk a little book about the Protovangelium of James. Uh, why? Almost everything that we know about the birth story, that, or you think you know about the birth story, comes from this book, not the Bible. Uh, w- w- when did Mary give birth to Jesus? Was she like in labor on the trip? Yes, no, maybe. Did she give birth like right as soon as they got there? You know, there's no room at the end. Boom, we're in the stable. Boom, we have the baby, right? Kind of Proto-Evangelium of James. has nothing to do with the Bible. We're going to get to that in a minute. Uh, this... the
0: pictures. Very,
1: pregnant. pregnant, you know, on the donkey, on the donkey riding, riding in. in. Oh, I'm in Brentley. Like. Right, knocking on the doors. Knock, knock on the land. door. Knock on the door. Knock on the door. Oh, I got a cave for you. Let's get in the cave. We'll talk. We're about to look at the Bible. A lot of what we know, what we know about the birth, comes from this book, Proto-Evangelism of James, is written by Greek in 200 A.D it was really super successful for a book. It was translated, we have copies of it in Latin, Syriac, Aramanic, Ar- Armenian, Aramaic, Ethiopian, Coptic, and Slavic. So a book in the second century, that's incredibly popular. So a lot of, a lot of the stories that you'll hear come from this. His story is written by Greek because he doesn't know the, the geography of the Middle East. In his story, he tells it totally. Is is uh, Bethlehem desert, or is it kind of isolated, or is it more urban? It's a we know it's a suburb, but what's, what's the story? Always you have is like Joseph, it's an agrarian type of right? It's it's, it's Mary, but the story yours here is Mary. They're walking through the desert, right? The, the pictures you always see, Mary's on the, the donkey walking through the desert. Joseph is leading them. Bethlehem is sheep central it is just this agrarian valley, it's nowhere near a desert. And so, the st- and the, almost assuredly, Joseph and Mary did not travel 110 miles by their little lonesome. Given, given everything that occurred in that time period, they would not have done well by themselves. Because every other time they go to Jerusalem, which we have recorded in the Bible, who are they with? Everybody, Everybody. right. So you travel. So, in the Pro of James, Mary gives birth by herself. The story is they come running up on the last minute. She's riding a donkey. Uh, She's in labor. It's a dark and stormy night. He finds a cave. He puts her in a cave. He runs to go find a... They knock on the door. There's no room at the inn. They go to the Holiday Inn, You know, or Holiday Inn Bethlehem. Uh, Puts her in a cave. She gives birth by herself. He comes back. She births the night of the, they get there. Uh, it's a virgin birth. The midwife comes and he comes back says, oh, she's still a virgin even though she gave birth. Uh, there is a character called Salome, shows up. Uh, if you're from Catholic background, she shows up a lot. Uh, she says there's no way that she's a virgin, so her t- hand turns leprous. Uh, then an angel comes down and talks to her. She talks and touches Mary. Mary heals her leprous hand, uh, which, by the way, is the one of the two miracles that you have to have in order to be a saint. Uh, and so Salome then becomes a follower. Uh, it's a stormy night, raining, pouring, no one's around, and she's in a cave. Let's read the Bible. Let's look at the, the who, where, when, why, and what really happened. All right, here is virtually everything the Bible says. If you, if you look at the book of Mark and look at the book of John, they start with Jesus as an adult. They jump straight into adult. You look at the book of Matthew, it starts with his genealogy, and then it says, hey, by the way, Mary got pregnant and had a baby, and then jumps into his adulthood. Well, a, a little bit of his adulthood. Luke is the one that really talks about Jesus, all this Jesus birth before John the Baptist and Jesus and then Jesus as he's growing. Jesus, when he goes as a 12-year-old, it's the book of Luke. So now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. You've all heard a lot that you know, that was like a, a special thing just to get Jesus to Bethlehem, right? We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, this is the first census taken by uh Quirinius was the governor of Syria. Any idea why that's in there? there were more than one. What? There were more than one. Well, there's more than one. But where was this book written? You have to go back and think. Luke is writ- living in what city when he writes this book? Post 70, where's the church moved to? Jerusalem is destroyed. Where do they move to? Antioch of Syria. Everyone in Syria knows who this guy is. Uh, This is the George Patton of the Roman Empire. Uh, He is a very, very, very famous general to the Romans. We We don't know him at all, but he was very, very famous. So At that time period, when you said Quirinius was our governor, everybody would know when that occurred. Except just to confuse things, he was the governor twice. Uh, and so you're, if you read about him, people say that this is the wrong time frame, but we'll get into that. And everyone was on his way to register for the census east to his own city. Joseph went up from Galilee to the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David. Uh, Part of this is Luke explaining to people that don't know the Middle East uh, that uh, the city of David, everyone in uh, Judea would refer to Bethlehem as the city of David. It's never, like if you're around New Orleans, everyone calls it the Big Easy, right? If you say the Big Easy in America, everyone knows you mean New Orleans, if you come from Europe and you see the Big Easy, everyone looks at it like, what? Same thing. City of David. To all the Jews, they knew exactly what city that was. To all the Greeks to whom Luke is writing this book, he has to say, which is called Bethlehem. So they now know, oh, we're talking about Bethlehem. Because he was of the house, what you don't see in the Greek is this is a parenthesis here. He was in the house of David is what it actually says in the Greek. To the Greeks, that means I'm living in David's house. That doesn't mean I'm descended from David. That means whatever house David built in Bethlehem is the one I moved into. So that's why he puts in here and the family of David. Again, talking to the Greeks, oh, he's descended from David. In order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to... Him and with child. And while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in the cloth and laid him in the manger because there was no room for them at the inn. So that's the story. There's pretty much the birth story in the New Testament. So the question, let's talk about who. We talked about, obviously we got Joseph, we got Mary. Uh, Joseph is the head of the household, he disappears from discussion after, the last we hear Joseph is when Jesus is 12. Uh, We don't know what happens to him. There are lots of people that guess. You know, a lot of people think he's a lot older than Mary Then he dies of old age. He was clearly in the construction business. Uh, It's translated that he's a carpenter. That's not a, that is a King James Version translation. The Greek word for him is he's a a builder. Uh, In the Middle East, there's not as much wood. He's probably, we would call him a stonemason or uh, someone who works with stone. Uh, Mary, uh, Mary was probably, how old? Yeah, probably, 13 to 15. Uh, in, In the Middle Eastern culture, we're talking about culture at that time, uh, girls, as soon as they started having periods, were generally married. Uh, once they started, they became married. So in that time frame, depending on your nutritional status, et cetera, I, I'm talking about like 12 hours on nutritional status. and uh, So it's somewhere around 14 to 15. So 14 15, she's pregnant. We're off to... Boom. Where, where are they going? We're going from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It's about 100 miles. Uh, why Bethlehem? Uh, Joseph is from there. At this point in time, and it's, it's a very small city. And like I said, it's an agriculture area. It's, it's sheep central for, for Israel. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of agriculture occurs in that area.
0: How long would it have taken that? We're going
1: to go? we gonna talk about that in that? Five seconds. Great, great, great lead-in question. All right, here's a topo map. 3D illustration of the land of Israel. Uh, if you look straight, it's not a hundred miles, it's not very far. The reason that it takes a long time to walk there is that there's these giant hills in the way. Here's Bethlehem, here's Jerusalem. This is where Nazareth is, up in this little valley. Uh, there are three ways to get there. You can go up over the hills through Samaria, which is this little path here, very, very hilly, uh, very rough. A lot of robbers, because it's hilly and rough, there's not a lot of presence there. And more importantly, for a good observant Jew like Joseph, it runs right through the middle of Samaria. Samaria is where the heretics live. They're As as remember they're the people that were left over when the the Jews were taken to Babylon and so they've kind of intermarried and they have a hybrid Jewish religion Uh, and so a good Jew does not walk through Samaria because you might be contaminated while you do that so they go one of the other two routes you either go up to the Jordan River and then back up to Jerusalem or you come out to the coast This little dotted line, remember we talked about under the history, why do people conquer Palestine? They don't, the road, they do not want Jerusalem. They don't care squat about Jerusalem. They want the road. This is the road. This is called the uh, Via Mere, the, the way of the sea. It's the most important road in this part of the world because all the food during the winter comes from Egypt back up to Greece and Rome through this road. And so you really, really, really want this road. That's also probably how they came back. They came down and came up this road here and then went up, or they went around. And just uh, to go high-tech on you, Google, or Google Maps. Uh, if you really want, by the way, you can actually go to Israel and walk this walk. There are tour groups that will take you on this walk. And the, the tour groups will fight over which walk you take there's two ways to get there. You can do this, you can do this. Uh, So here's what the the computer says, 33 hours, 33 hours, 33 hours. 97 miles, 97 miles, 99 miles. Uh, Like everything around the birth story of Jesus, there is controversy. Because there are two, I looked it up on on the internet, and you can sign up for tours. Uh, The group that does this route, Will say this is the official biblical route. The group that does this route will say this is the official biblical route. So you know, pay, pay your money, you take your take your choice. Uh, the downside of this route is that it runs through the West Bank, which is currently Palestinian, and so it's intermittently open. Uh, but you can see it's pretty much you're talking about a hundred mile walk. And it's hot. It is really hot. It's. And she's pregnant. Then. And she's re- And she's some amount of pregnant uh, probably as we'll talk about eight months around eight months she's young she she's 14 she's good 15 did she ride a donkey did you see anywhere in there where she rode a donkey nobody knows uh, I, there are PhD thesis papers on did Mary ride a donkey uh, my best guess after looking at several of them is, eh, maybe.
0: One consideration I've heard is donkeys were, a lot of times, wealthy people donkeys, and they didn't appear to be wealthy.
1: Right. So. Joseph and Mary are clearly not rich. Uh, but he might have been able to, what I also read is, well, he might have been able to borrow one because his wife was hugely pregnant. Uh, but as you see, if he borrowed one, he stole it because they don't go back to Nazareth for a long time. And so I don't, I don't know if you can borrow a donkey for four years, three years, four years. That's a really good borrow. Unless they were born there too. What, unless they were going there too, that's correct. He may have been going with family. Uh, I have a friend who has my appliance dolly that he's had for the last four years. So I, I understand exactly what this is like. When I want to use it, I just call him and borrow my appliance dolly back from him. All right, why? Like everything in life, it's taxes. Uh, there is a census. When you go back to Roman history, every 12 to 14 years, they had a census. And why did they do the census? It's all about tax. Because as a governor of a province, you owe either the... If you're a senatorial province, you owe the Senate. If you're an imperial province, you own the emperor. You owe him a head tax every year. Uh, remember, remember the rules of the Roman government? Do not rebel and pay your taxes. If you wanted to stay as the king, or as the, provi- or the prefect or the proconsul, pay your taxes. You, the proconsul, personally owed the tax to the emperor. So if you did not collect enough, it came out of your pocket. Failure to give the emperor his taxes made you about a foot shorter because he would chop your head off because you're stealing from the emperor. So on the... On the flip side though, if you collect more, more it goes in your pocket. It comes out of your pocket. pocket. If you collect more than you have to pay, it goes, in your, goes in your pocket. So the emperor wanted to know every 14 years how many people were in your province that you owed me tax on. And as the governor, you really wanted to know that because you didn't want to pay him, you know, it, the tax was roughly, a head tax was roughly around a denarius, so it was about a day's wage. If you paid him 800,000 denarii and he comes back and knocks on the door and goes, I'd like you to meet my my, my legionnaires, you owed me 900,000, why not you come over here for a second, chomp? Uh, it was not. Because he he knew uh, Augustus, we actually have some of his diaries of him talking about he liked to appoint governors for longer periods of time because they stole less from him. And they stole less from the people. Because if you knew you were appointed for 10 years, you you could get a little bit extra in taxes over 10 years. If you were appointed for two years, which was the standard senatorial appointment, you had to steal a lot of money really fast to enrich yourself. And so uh, that's why he went to appointing people for 10-year periods so that they would rule better and they were less likely to cause rebellion because they overtaxed their people. But this was a very common thing, and and you can actually step back and look at uh, when uh, these census occurred based on some other historical data. All right, when did it occur? Jesus was, by the way, not born in 0 B.C., uh, that comes from early Middle Ages when switching between the Julian calendar and Gregorian calendar, they lost years, they lost days, it was very confusing. Uh, I think he was born in September of 6 BC. Uh, I'm not the only one who thinks that. A lot, lot, of, lot of people. We know that Herod the Great dies in 4 BC. So if Herod the Great is the one that killed all the kids in Bethlehem, and he dies in 4 BC, Jesus was not born in zero. He was born before Herod died. So we know we, we, that kind of is the bottom of our area. Uh, there are a lot of guys who are big into astronomy, not astrology, astronomy. Uh, and there was a very large uh, astronomical event that occurs in the fall of 6 BC, one occurs in 2 BC as well, They have to do with the alignment of the planets and how bright it was. And so that, that's a, a hint. Uh the other thing we know is back to John the Baptist Zacharias, John the Baptist's father was a division of Abijah, Ab, Ab, Abijah, Abijah who was the eighth course of priests there are 20 there are 24 course of priests they each serve a week at a time and so you they just rotate we know from Josephus that when in 80 in 70 when Jerusalem was attacked which course of priests were serving at the time of the start of the battle. And so you can just backtrack it and find out that Zacharias was probably serving either last week of June, first week of July in 7 BC when the angel comes and talks to him. And so walking it back from there, uh, John probably, would if, if you assume that he goes home and she gets pregnant, relatively quick thereafter. Uh, if the angel came and told me I'm supposed to have children, I probably would do get moving on that as soon as I got home. Uh, John would have been born sometime around April in 6 BC. Mary visits April Elizabeth during her sixth month uh, and was pregnant at that time. So when you start backtracking all that, uh, it kind of pushes you towards a September time frame. Uh, Censuses are also never done in the winter because you don't want to kill your people that you're trying to tax. So if it's cold, wet, and icy, and you tell them you gotta make trips, they're gonna die, they're gonna get starved. So they tended to do the census in the fall. You also don't do censuses in the spring because you gotta plant. It's an agricultural society. If you plant, if you make people move, they don't plant, you don't plant, you starve. And more importantly for the Romans, they also taxed the harvest. So if you don't plant the harvest, you can't tax the harvest. All right. Uh, the other thing, the Feast of Tabernacles occurs in late September, early October. Uh, and from John 1:14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. This word that he says dwelt is actually the word tabernacled, which means leveled. Lived temporarily. Uh, I, I'm not going to live and die on that hill that he was born then, but that's a, another good indication that it may have been during or around the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, all right. Why do we celebrate December 25th? Exactly. It all goes back to our friend Constantine. The church was doing pretty good until we became the official religion of the Rome in AD uh, basically 336. Constantine was the Roman Empire, you know, made Christianity the official religion. He did a lot of stuff to us that were not great. Uh, In AD 36 he said Jesus was born on December 25th and that became the official birth date of Jesus. Uh, The Catholics when they come along in a couple hundred years after that make the Annunciation Day when Mary was visited. They just backed nine months off December 25th. It wasn't like there's any evidence on when that the, the uh, Holy Spirit came to visit her. Uh, why December 25th? Solstice occurs on the 23rd. There's a huge festival in Rome, Saturnia 17th through the 23rd. Uh, Saturn was the god of the harvest. This is when you, uh, this festival is when you planted winter wheat. Uh, And Mithra, the S-U-N god, his official birthday was December 25th, another huge holiday in Rome. And so Constantine, who everyone was taking the 25th off as the S-U-N, sun god's birthday, chose to make it the S-O-N, the son of God's birthday. That's why he picked the 25th. So he officially made that, and from evermore, Jesus' birthday is the 25th. All right, let's talk about the word inn. Where was Jesus born? He was born there's no room in the inn, correct? Luke is very precise in what he says. The word he uses for inn is this word here, uh, katalima. It means depending on context, an inn, a house or guest room. In the 22nd chapter of Luke, when Jesus is getting ready to, to uh, have the Last Supper with the apostles. He tells them to go to the house and ask for the catalema, Uses this exact words, which is the guest room of the house. We call it the upper room. The, we call it the upper room. It was the guest room. Sometimes the guest room was on the back of the house. Sometimes it was on the, the roof of the house. Depending if you're in the city or in the country. Uh, Pan. Theocleian. Is that right? Dochilian, Pan means all. Dochilian means received. That is the official Greek word for a hotel, like we think of a hotel. A place where you rent a room for the night. We know Luke knows that word because in the parable of the Good Samaritan, the Samaritan takes the victim to the Pantochilian. So he says, I'm taking him to the inn, I'm going to pay him for that. So Luke picks the word uh, catalima specifically for where there is no room. This is a, basically a picture of what a typical house would have been in uh, a village home. Uh, you have the house where everyone lives. You have a stable. You have mangers. You have steps. And you have a guest room. If you have enough money to build on, you build a guest room, a catalima. So uh, what, what, and then I think I've got a side view. A side view looks like this. So uh, this is the, the family room, this is the stable. This was a very, in fact, these homes still exist in Palestine, a very common structure for country houses, that everything's in one house. Because if you only have a donkey, a cow, and a couple sheep, You want them close. You don't want to leave them out. So stables, as we think of stables, you know, a separate building, don't exist in the Middle East. This is culturally where translating things makes it difficult. We come out of a Northern European culture where the stables were barns. There are no barns. Everyone kept their uh, animals in a, in the house with them on a slightly lower level. Yep. diagram? This is the catalima. This is the guest room. We'll call this a door. Okay. And so, but when you turn it, we side side. sideways. It, it's it's on. It's basically a separate room on the end. Okay. It would it would be like right here. I got you. Okay. Or or put a wall yeah. like right here. Uh, so. Part of what we talk about is, uh, we'll go back to that, is Joseph, when he shows up, is A, one reason we don't think she's in a cave, is A, he's related to everybody in town, right? That's where his family's from. That's where his family's from. Half the people in town are his relatives. Number two, he's from the house, the lineage of David, as close to royalty as you get in the Middle, in uh, Judea at that time. Three, the culture of hospitality in the village would have made it impossible for them to turn away a pregnant woman. They would have done, because that would have been a stain on the, uh, on the village honor. Because they're, they're, most of the village is related. And so if you're turning someone away who's in need, that, that shows that you have no honor. Four, think about it. Uh, where was Mary five months before this? We just talked about it. Elizabeth, Elizabeth. where's Elizabeth live? Somewhere near the, temple the, the, the she lives and it's, it's described her in the hill country of Judea. Where's Bethlehem? Hill country of Judea. So if Joseph rides up over there or walks up, we'll call him walking up, and all of a sudden oh the village is full, you gotta go live in a cave. Mary's cousin lives somewhere in 5 to 15 miles away from Bethlehem. They just walked 100 miles. Why doesn't Mary and Joseph go, I'm going to your cousin's house? We clearly know they know how to have a baby. They just had one, right? So part of that tells us that uh, when you throw all those factors in that look at this culturally, that Mary almost surely was not in a in a cave, that she probably gave birth in a house uh, in the city of Bethlehem. What Luke is saying is that the guest rooms were full. And so therefore, she probably gave birth in the family, the family part of the house.
0: Everybody was coming there and get
1: counted. Right, because everyone's from there is coming there. So it's it's crowded. And so Joseph was they were slow, they were late getting there compared to everyone else, and the guest rooms were all full. Uh, and then we're talking about this word manger. Uh, well, part of this is also talking about how do we know that these houses really were like this? Uh, in First Kings, the witch of Endor, Saul goes to the witch to talk about what's God doing for me. And the witch does a sacrifice and it's literally says in the book, she reaches her hand out and grabs a the sheep. They're in her house. She reaches her hand out, grabs a sheep and sacrifices it right there. Which makes a whole lot of sense if you're in one of these type of houses. Uh, Judges. Jephthah. Jephthah is the one that says, uh, which is a really difficult passage. If Lord, if you give me victory, I will sacrifice to you the first thing that runs out of my house to see me. That's Jephthah. So if he lives in a house where there are no animals in the house, he basically is saying, I'm killing one of my children. That's not what he was saying. What he was saying was, when I get there, on this lower loop, there's going to be a sheep. There's going to be a cow. Something's going to come out and see me. That's what I'm going to sacrifice. So he ends up killing his daughter, which is a whole different story, and that's a whole different sermon series uh, of why he did that. But that's what he's doing. Uh, Matthew 5 uh, is when uh, the Pharisees come to him and uh, ask him why he... He is healing a woman on the Sabbath. And Jesus looks at them and says, how many of you you Pharisees, do you not untie your donkey on the Sabbath? Uh, and then if you look at the Syriac and Aramaic translations, they, write, they put the word in there, untie the donkey in your house on the Sabbath. Because what he's saying is, they're living inside with you. You got to walk them out to water them. So, uh, and Luke 13, I've totally blanked on why I put that in there. It's another story, basically the same thing. We're going to ignore that. So, uh, and then, uh, sorry, back here. Mangers are depressions in the stone floor that you put the food in for the, for the animals so that they would just sit there and reach over the edge and eat. So the concept of putting straw in there, wrapping Jesus, and putting him in a manger is completely understandable. It's a a place where, as a baby, he's not gonna roll away. Uh, You're putting him down, I mean, clearly, when Jesus marries in labor, they're not gonna have the animals in, they're gonna kick all the guys out, they're gonna kick all the animals out. So when when she gives birth, she gives birth here in the family room, and they put him in the manger. Where he can sit, and it's like it's depression. Uh, it's clean, it's dry, it doesn't roll anywhere. It's not, as we've seen it in all our uh, manger scenes out in front of the churches. It's not a a food trough that's up off the ground. Because if you're like me, you're going like, oh my gosh, you put him in the food trough. What if he falls out? You know, it, it's you know, pa- patient safety, baby safety. Uh, this is down flat, and it's a, it's an impression, and it's in the house. It's in every house because that's where you fed the animals. So it would have been a very, uh, to the culturally Jews of the first century, they'd understand this exactly. Oh, yeah, she, she gave birth in the house and put them in the major because that's where you put the babies. All right, here's the s- second part of the birth story. In uh, the same reason, there are some shepherds standing out in the fields and keeping watch by the flock overnight. Other reason we know this is probably in the fall. In the winter, the sheep are not in the field because it's wet and it's cold. So their back tends to be in their cities. Uh, And the angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They're terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you the good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, doesn't say Bethlehem, just the city of David. Everyone knows what that means. Uh, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. There will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in the cloth, laying in a manger. And there suddenly appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let's go, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they came in a hurry and found their way to Joseph and Mary and the baby as he laid in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made know the statement which had been told to them about the child, i.e. they told them about the angels. And when all heard these things, and all who heard it wondered at the things which they were told by the shepherds. Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went away glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as it had been told them. The fact that shepherds are the first people to see him in the book in the gospels is incredibly important culturally. Shepherds are the lowest of the low. Everyone historically kind of thinks of, oh yeah, everyone, you know, David was a shepherd, right? By this point in time, shepherds had become essentially the lowest social run. They were uneducated, uh, they were always unbathed because they were living in the fields, uh, so. They're the lowest social group. They're unclean according to the rabbinic traditions. If you wanted to be a rabbi, you could not be a shepherd. That was one of the disqualifying uh, occupations. They're very uh, uneducated and I said it's a prohibited trade for rabbis. So it's gone from David being a shepherd to the culturally at the time when Jesus is born, shepherds are the outcast. And so it's very important that the very first people besides the people at the birth who see him were shepherds because the people the Jews would recognize that immediately as he's come to the lowest of the low which is
0: which I'll just say a quick sidebar there too is when in Luke 15 when Jesus is eating with the unclean which they dealt certain trades unclean like shepherds or tax collectors and they ask him why he's eating with them and Jesus says to the Pharisees and other theologians, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep. Well, the irony is they think that's unclean, so we wouldn't right, know. Right, right, we don't have. We, that's, no, that's unclean. Jesus says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and one of them, you lose one of them. Well, this is what, I mean, that's the right. irony.
1: He's right, unclean. and so that that's part of culture what we miss in a lot of the parables that we're gonna get to later on this semester is, they expected the king to come as the king. They were looking for him in Jerusalem. He shows up in Bethlehem. You expect him to go to the king, Herod, and say, this is the king. He's going to rule us. He's going to make us independence. He instead comes to a poor peasant's home, is born in a poor peasant village, and the first people that see him are shepherds. Poor, poor uneducated shepherds who are the lowest of the low. So, Even at his birth, he is flipping the dynamic that everybody's expecting for him culturally. He's not going to be royal. He's not going to lord over everybody, even though he is the Lord. He's coming and he's starting with the poorest of the poor. Yes? I remember
0: studying and reading somewhere that these were the sacrificial lands. Like, the actual... There...
1: Have you ever read that? If if he is born in the...
0: That just makes the story better. Well, it makes
1: the the story better. I mean, the the odds are these sheep are destined for Passover. Yeah, that's what... And
0: they're watching them And they're... they're, Correct. Like five miles away from Jerusalem. Right. At at some point,
1: these sheep, almost all these sheep, as long as they're perfect and they're clean and whatnot, are going to get moved into Passover.
0: But that's not...
1: These were not designated. These
0: were not... What I read one time Well,
1: there is a rabbinic rule that within a month of, you love love the rabbinic rules because they have rules for everything. Within a month of Passover, any sheep that is closer to Jerusalem than Bethlehem is property of the temple and is owed to to the uh, priest. So... We know that the odds are pretty good these sheep actually were not closer than that because once again, they're private, they're private property and if they're inside that they belong, they're, they're basically taxed, if you will, by the temple and become part of the temple. So these guys were probably, that's also why we think this is in September is that they'd be out. You could be closer to Jerusalem in that area because you're not, you're not within a month of Passover.
0: I just
1: read that and i wondered if that was- That's one of those uh, oral traditions that become part of the rabbinic laws. To, to, well, we talked about the Pharisees are all about guidelines. You know, we want guardrails so that we don't get too close to the law. That's one of those guardrails. So, so the Jesus story, he's probably born in, I think he's born sometime around now, uh, born in a house, uh, and he comes to the poorest of the poor. And uh, the other thing is that joseph she probably was not born the first night he was there. Joseph is not. We assume Joseph is an idiot and that he's walking, he's walking a nine-month pregnant wife. They knew how long month pregnants were. They'd have babies all the time. So nobody goes, oh, yeah, let's, you know, let's walk 100 miles. You're nine months pregnant, no problem. So Joseph probably moved a little earlier and got her there. And then when the days, as it says, when the days of her pregnancy were up, she had the baby. So it's not she comes right in on the dark and stormy night by herself, you know, in labor, and has the baby in a cave because there's no room at the inn. It's probably a, it's actually a better story than that because she comes in and basically Jesus is born surrounded by peasants. And the first people that view him are lower than peasants, the shepherds. So it's it's a signal of who he is coming to save. I love, in the NIV, verse
0: 17, going back to the shepherds, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed, which goes back. To right. And I just think, they, I always thought
1: they went back. And then when you catch that, no. And I'm, they, they went telling everybody. Everybody who comes into contact with Jesus starts telling people. The entire New Testament. Every time that you come in contact with Jesus you can't keep it. Even though he, multiple times he looks up and says, don't tell anyone about this. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, the lady in, uh, across the Lake of Galilee, I, I, I took the, the devils out, don't tell anyone about this. The next time Jesus shows up, the whole area knows about Jesus. Uh, and so constantly people can't not speak about what Jesus, how he changes their lives.
0: I think it's also just thinking about the census, because Luke, you know, starts off, Caesar's registering the entire world and everybody go, and so Mary and Joseph go with Jesus to be registered. I just think it's kind of a cool picture that it's almost like God or Jesus is saying, count me with them. I'm one of them. Make sure you get me counted. I think that's pretty awesome. I mean, that's kind of the indication for Luke to say, Emmanuel, God is with us. God is with
1: us, right. He's come down, and he's with us, but starting the opposite way that all the Jews expect him to come. All right. You're next week, correct? I'm next week.
0: Stephen's next week. All right. We'll see you then.